One I felt tonight as I was exhausted, I came in, I had prepared to preach to you. I went upstairs and was just so tired I decided to take a nap. So I took a nap in my office for about 15 minutes while practice was happening. Just took one of those power naps. Anybody know what a power nap is? Well, during my power nap, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're going to cross over rivers and you're going to take cities. And it just kept echoing over and over and over, crossing over rivers and taking cities, crossing over rivers and taking cities. And I I got excited about that. A number of other things that the Lord spoke to me uh, even earlier in the day and yesterday and this, this week as I am praying about what the emphasis of the Spirit of God, what He's saying to us in this new year, is that There's going to be many opportunities to be distracted from what God's called you to. And one of the keys of staying on track in your life is staying focused on what your calling and purpose is. What God's called you to. If I can just talk about that for a moment. It was a a key for the Apostle Paul as he was underneath a pile of rocks. You might find yourself underneath a pile of rocks with disciples round about you. But you'll get up. The Apostle Paul went and preached the gospel in another place. The very same gospel that caused him to end up underneath a pile of rocks. He got up and did it again. And again. And again. One of the keys to the anointing, the keys to breakthrough in 2011, is fulfilling the mandate that God has given you. Now, if you don't know or don't have one, you're a little... a little foggy about what the vision is that God has for your life, just stay plugged into this one. Be a part of a vision that's bigger than yourself. A God-given vision is always bigger than yourself. The key to 2012 and staying aligned with the purposes of God is walking through, following through on your calling and purpose. And I, I began to say, and I will finish, my wife and I have had many an opportunity to be distracted from what God had called us to. And there's always, there's always... It's like when you're fishing, there's mosquitoes in your face. Does, you know what I'm talking about? And you're just, you know what I'm, you're fishing in the dead of summer, mosquitoes or gnats. There's always something to try to distract you to get you to the look to the right. Or get you to look to the left. But if you'll set your, your gaze upon Him, fix your thoughts upon the throne, and stay focused on your God-given calling. Stay focused on who Jesus is. He will carry you through all the obstacles. He will bring you through all the trials. And there are trials that are coming. Some from the enemy. Some from God. Joshua chapter 5. Verse 13. Are you there? And then this, while Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw right in front of him a man standing holding a drawn sword. Joshua stepped up to him and said, whose side are you on, ours or our enemies? Reading from the message version. He said, neither. I am commander of God's army. I've just arrived. Joshua fell face to the ground and worshipped. He asked, what orders does my master have for his servant? 
God's commander ordered Joshua, take your sandals off your feet. The place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did it. Jericho was shut up tight as a drum because the people of Israel, no one was going in, no one was coming out. We're in chapter 6, verse 1 now. God spoke to Joshua, look sharp now. I've already given Jericho to you. Somebody say that. He's already given Jericho to me. Make it personal. He's already given Jericho to me. Along with its king and its crack troops. Here's what you're to do. March around the city, all your shoulders, all your, all your soldiers. Circle the city once, repeat it for six days. Have seven priests carry seven rams, horn trumpets in front of the chest. That's the God box. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. The priests blowing away on the trumpets. Verse 5. And then a long blast on the ram's horn. When you hear that, all the people are to shout at the top of their lungs. The city wall will collapse at once. And all the people are to enter every man straight on in. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and told them, take up the chest of the covenant or the ark of the covenant, seven priests to carry, to carry seven ram's horns and trumpets leading God's chest. And he told the people, set out, march around the city, have the armed guard march before the chest of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the moments remain in the last service of 2011, I ask for your power, for your grace, for your anointing that I sense comes and upon us even now. Would you just lift your voice and ask God to give you a rhema word tonight? Come on, lift a voice. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead. Glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in a fallen world. We face a real enemy. And thereby, to have victory, it's got to come from God. If you think you're going to win in 2011 all by your lonesome, I have a news flash for you. You won't. The only way to have victory, real victory, the only way to have victory is with God. And God has assured us victory. And He wants to give us strategies of how to cross over rivers. He wants to give us strategies of how to take cities. He's going to give us strategies of how to release the power of the kingdom of God. And how to thwart the works of the enemy. One of the keys of crossing over rivers or taking cities. One of the keys of taking Jericho, which by the way God has given you. What does that mean? God has given you, your, your promises are already yours, but you have to learn how to possess them. One of the keys is understanding there's an enemy and getting God's strategy. Somebody say, God, give me a strategy. If you go into war and you don't have a strategy, you're a fool. If you go into business and you don't have a strategy, you're a fool. If you go in as a student and you don't have a strategy, a plan of how to fulfill your homework, how to study, how to keep yourself, you're a fool. If you're in ministry and you don't have a vision, you don't have a strategy of how to fulfill the dream that God has given you, then you're a fool. None of us want to be fools. All of us need strategies. And as we look at this text, Joshua 
is now taken over from Moses and he's confronted by the commander of God's army, verse 14. And it's interesting that Joshua says, and I think I just heard somebody say this. They say this to me, well, at least God's on our side. God's not on your side. We're on His. He doesn't fit in our categories. He doesn't fit in your pocket. Just because you have a gold cross around your neck doesn't mean you're blessed. Just because you have a Bible sitting on the back of, uh, of the back of your shelf of your, of your house. Remember years ago, I had the satanic Bibles before I was saved. Had the satanic Bible and I put it between two Bibles. I figure it's safe there. No, it isn't. What kind of stupid theory is that? Come on, God, God, we're supposed to be for Him, for His purposes, with Him. You'll notice this commander doesn't have categories like Joshua. The New King James, Joshua asked him, are you for us or against us? And the commander of the captain of the host of the armies of the Lord says, no. Excuse me? I didn't ask you no. I said, are you for us or against us? That would be, I'm for you or I'm against you. And the, and the commander says, no. In other words, I'm not for either of you. I'm for myself. I'm God. Come on, somebody say, I need to be on God's side. Joshua confronts God. And we can prove that simply, very simply, because he bows down and he worships. He knew the word of God. He knew you don't worship angels. You don't worship anything but God. He bowed down and he worshiped. It doesn't just say that for no reason. This is, this is a, a theophany, a visible manifestation of God. Some say even Jesus standing there before him. He bows down, he worships, he calls him my Lord. The ground that he was at is holy, similar to Exodus 3, 5. Joshua's confronted by God. I want to tell you that in 2012, we will all be confronted by God. And as he stands before Joshua in this text, he will stand before us. And his sword is drawn for the nations. And his question to you tonight is, are you with him? God gives strategy to defeat Jericho, and God will give strategy for 2012. I'm going to tell you how to get strategy from God. How do you get strategy from God? Well, that's a great question. I'm going to answer it in just, just a moment. The first thing is, how to receive God's strategy. The first thing is, you've got to be obeying what God's already said. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you guys are encouraged. Joshua, Joshua was already obeying. He'd already obeyed. He'd served faithfully under Moses. Moses aid. He'd been elevated. Moses failed. He had an anger problem. Had some unhealed hurts at Kadesh Barnea. And was left in the desert. Joshua took them over while the, the Jordan was at flood stage. And they crossed over. How did he get the plan to cross over Jordan? God spoke to him, gave him a strategy. What did God say after they after they got across Jordan? Time to circumcise everybody who's not circumcised. Oh, snap. He obeyed. They got out the flint knives and they got to work. Then they rested there for three days. And it's fascinating that they couldn't have had three days of healing had God not done what he did at the Jordan. He call, caused the Jordan to pile up in a heap at a city of Adam. And cut it off all the way to the Dead Sea. And they crossed on dry ground once again. God likes that dry ground stuff. And so there they are. 
they go through the, this, this rite of, of circumcision, an act of the covenant, and they don't get attacked by the enemy because they're terrified because they saw the water pile up. God gives strategy. How to receive God's strategy, you've got to be obeying what God already said, and Joshua certainly was. And my question to you tonight is, is are you? Are you already bang, obeying what God said? His strategy is progressive. It's progressive. In other words, he gives you, he gives you a peace. You move forward, you're faithful and loyal, then he shows you the next piece. Very rarely does he show you Z when you're at A, because you'd freak out and quit or something, thinking that, You'd have something to do with actually getting there. Really, we do have something to do with getting there. We've got to obey. The miracle, the parting of the Jordan, sea, Jordan the, the, the parting of the Red Sea, the parting of the Jordan, the, the, all of the supernatural stuff that happens. I mean, can it, he just had to do the, what God said and the walls would fall. We have to do our part. God does his part, but he'll never do yours. Come on, somebody say, I've got to do my part. So he had to obey. And you've got to recognize, recognize tonight as you go into 2012, God's got a plan. And he's a speaking God. God's got a plan. He's going to speak. But you've got to humble yourself. That's number, number three. Number one is you've got to already obey, obey God, obey what he already told you to do. Number two, recognize that God's going to come. He's got a plan. You might be looking at an exceedingly vast army that's about to eat your lunch. But God's coming, and he's got a plan. You might be facing a Jericho that's enormous. How am I going to do this? How am I going to overcome the enemy? How am I going to take this city? That How am I going to do that? Well, you don't have to know before you have to know. Let me run that through one more time. You don't have to know how to take Jericho until you do. And sometimes we see our Jericho afar off and we go, Give me a break, God. Give me a break. How is that going to happen? Don't worry about it. Just take care of this. Do this. Keep, keep stepping forward towards your Jericho. Keep obeying. The moment you need God to show up to give you the plan of how to cause Jericho to fall, He'll be there. He will come. He's faithful. He will speak. He will give you a strategy. Somebody say amen. And But you're going to have to humble yourself. Number three, humble yourself. Humble yourself on the side of the Lord and He will lift you up. Joshua fell his face to the ground. The Bible says he beautifies the humble with salvation. You know, frequently we, uh, we've found when people have lots of success, they write books. When they have lots of victory, they get all fat in their head thinking they actually have something. It's a danger. Success is dangerous. You've got to stay humble. You've got to stay desperate for God. You know, recently we were looking at Bibles, and uh, we, we looked at this one Bible, and I will tell you what was amazing to me. In the Bible was such a mixture, it's a Bible. It was a mixture, it's like a student Bible, it was a mixture of the world and Scripture, both. And as I read that, as I looked at that thing, I found myself getting so bent out of shape and so irritated we even put, a, even put a review up on the internet saying how disgusted we were. Made me sick. Now that might not tie into the message, but we need to be humble and broken before God. 
Joshua fell face to his ground, face to the ground. He knew this was the Lord, and he knew he had to humble himself. And we've got to truly worship. Everybody say, truly worship. Everything within you must bow to the Almighty and worship. Worship is a key. Minister Alex began to worship in the, in, the, in the moment of excruciating pain. All right, he wasn't being burned at the stake, but if you've ever had your shoulder dislocated, it's, it's pretty extreme. It hurts a lot. You know, you, you can find out what's in your heart when you really go through trials. And I will tell you, 2012, <laughs> there's some things that are headed our way. You think Jesus is coming back? Could be, but I don't think so. Maybe. Live like he's coming back tonight. Plan like he's coming back not in our lifetime. There's going to be some things that come. And when you're squeezed, what should come out of your heart is Jesus, not lemon juice. And when lemon juice comes out, then you just know you've got to get it cleansed. Minister Alex, in the midst of his pain, I, I loved it. You know, I, mean, I don't even love the fact that he got pain. But, I, but I'll tell you something. I, I just learned this. It's taken me a little while to figure it out. But when you're with somebody who's getting absolutely blasted by the enemy, extreme pain, extreme loss, extreme stuff, the way they act, that's what they got on the inside. And, and my dear brother was not dropping F-bombs, freaking out, cursing people, and freaking out because of the pain. He said, Jesus, Jesus is coming out. I was like, this guy's saved. Awesome. Traveling with Jason Adair, we lost control of, of Crystal's car at 60 miles an hour, spinning in circles on our way to Tolkitna. I tried to get a hold of it, and I lost it, and I just lifted my hands in worship, not saying anything. Jason Adair sitting next to me lifted his hands. 60 miles an hour, lost control. We're heading towards the snowbank. And his wife in the back says, Jesus, help. She's from the south. Boof, we hit the snow. And, and we sat there, and I just looked over at Jason. He says, praise the Lord. I said, praise God, man. And she's all, hallelujah. <laughs> How to get God's strategy. You've got to live holy. You're not going to get any strategy by not living holy. You just watch what you want to watch. Live the way you want to live. And expect that God's going to come through and show you how to take down the Jericho and move you into your destiny. Not going to happen. He said, well, I, I, I could, it's my life. I can do what I want to. It's really not your life if you're saved. And many people live half-hearted for God. Wanting him to come through with great power and miracles. It, it's not that way. You know, my relationship with my wife is wonderful as long as I invest in it. If I'm a jerk, it doesn't go so well. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? I mean, she just doesn't appreciate me quite as much when I'm a jerk. Now, God loves you the same no matter what you do. But what you do does affect your relationship with them. And if you want to move in 2012, I, I, if you're going to put all your eggs somewhere in 2012, yeah, I suggest you do it with Jesus. Don't stop, stop playing with all that other stuff. It doesn't satisfy anyway. Live holy. 
There's things that you're doing that will abort the plan of God. There's things that you're doing, some of you here tonight, some of you listening by podcast, some of you listening on the web stream, there's things that you're doing, ways that you're living, that will undermine and abort the plan of God. And 20 years from now, should the Lord tarry, or 10 years from now, should He tarry, you'll think back and say, man, I should have listened to that bald-headed preacher that used to spit and stuff at me and just lived holy because all that stuff I went for never really produced the kind of satisfaction I was looking for. He alone can satisfy. He alone. He alone satisfies. How do you know? Because I did all the other stuff. My kids don't have to live that way, but I did. I came out of that. And now I've found that Jesus really gives you everything that you really want. Lastly, believe that God will give you victory. Everybody say, believe that God will give you victory. All right, how to implement God's strategy. Because you'll get one, then what do you do? Well, number one, hear clearly. Implementation of God's strategy. Hear clearly. Weigh, discern the voice of God. Understand what God's saying. Obey precisely. Don't obey halfway. Naaman, go dip seven times in the Jordan. He could have done six. And it wouldn't have got his miracle. Obey precisely. Obey. I'm always getting tested on this, and I'm sure you are too. We visited somebody, and they're, and they're, they're I don't know, I'm into shoveling snow lately. We visited somebody, and their house wasn't, their, 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 you know, their driveway wasn't plowed, and it hadn't been shoveled, and, and they were a widow. And so... We shoveled a little bit, had a little fellowship, and we're leaving. We drive out, and I notice the last 20 feet or 15 feet, maybe last, maybe 10, the last 10 feet of the driveway, somehow we missed it. And we shoveled all the driveway, but we lit, missed the last 10 feet. And I took off and drove right through it. Any car could drive through it. You know what I mean? It's not like it was really deep. Two-wheel drive could go through it. And, and the blessed lady had four-wheel drive. It wasn't a big deal. Drove out, got to the end of the road, and just thought, To him who knows the good he ought to do, and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. I want to go home. It's cold. I'm thinking, you're going back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Swung my car around with my boy. Got back past the, past the brother who was there with us. He's like, what are you doing? I said, i, I got to finish that. He's all, praise the Lord. You want help? I said, no, go ahead. Well, but God must have spoke to him too because he had to turn around, praise God. We all turned around and we all finished, Danny, me, we all finished the last 10 feet of this, this blessed lady's driveway and we obeyed. I don't know the outcome of that. But I will tell you, more often than not, when I've obeyed precisely, it is then that God has come through. And if I don't obey precisely, we wonder where the breakthrough is. Don't be sloppy in your obedience. Follow through. Come on, they could have gone around six times. No. They could have used goat's horns. No, ram's horns. Everybody say, obey precisely. Walk by faith. Everybody say, walk by faith. Michael, would you come, please? Got to walk by faith. I think they weren't allowed to talk when they walked around because they'd have screwed it up. Don't say anything. You know why? What kind of a stupid leader do we have? 
Joshua must have bumped his head when we were going through the Jordan. Give me a break. Walk around the walk around the walk around the wall seven times. Oh, can you imagine? Come on, I I probably would have been one of them. This doesn't seem too bright to me. No, hallelujah. Come on, we're gonna serve. This doesn't seem too bright to me. Don't don't say anything. You can mess up your own your own miracle. Come on, somebody say walk by faith. All right, God's got a, God's got a, uh, uh, God's speaking to us in 2012. He's got strategy for you to have victory. There's a strategy of how to cross over the river and move on in. God will reveal his strategy to you. How to heal your marriage. How to live in the midst of tremendous peer pressure as a youth and still love God. In the public schools where everybody's vying for attention and who's cool, who's wearing what. Boyfriends and girlfriends. How to keep yourself pure. God will give you a strategy. God will give you a strategy. So what do you know about that? You're married. Yeah, but there was a time when I wasn't. Yeah. How many of you were once single? Raise your hand. You have to have a strategy to stay pure. If you don't have one, you won't be. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How about don't ride or spend periods of time alone with the opposite sex in a dark place? It's a good strategy. Come on, Minister Alex, give me an amen. God will reveal His plan. How to walk in purity. God will reveal His plan in your marriage. God will reveal His plan in the church. I believe He's doing that. God will reveal His plan in business. God will reveal His strategy for you. As you move into 2012, God will reveal His strategy. He reveals His strategy to a man of faith. And as they obey, as that man of faith or woman of faith obey, the blessing of God is released. And when you have success, don't ever forget that it's a gift from God. 2012 is going to be marked by tremendous victories and success. But there are the Jerichos and you're going to need strategy. It's going to be a time of great transfer of wealth. I believe that. It's going to be a time where God pours out His Spirit as we've never seen before. I believe our, I believe here the church is going to do exactly what the prophets have said over us. So we will double again. We will double again. Come on, stand up on your feet. Let's pray in the last 15 minutes of the new year. Father, we ask now in the name of Jesus for strategies for 2012. Come on, ask God. Ask God to give you strategy. Forgive us for where we've not obeyed precisely. And Lord, tonight we ask for strategies from heaven. How to move into our destiny. How to take out the Jerichos. How to release provision. Come on, just talk to him. Let's pray.
pray. I want to pray for this generation of feeling a burden. Minister Alex, would you come? Can you hold the mic with your other hand? You all right? Come on, let's pray for our youth. You're 18 and under. I want you to come to the front. We're just going to pray for you. You're the the future. Come on, come right now. Just come. Reach your hands towards these guys, children, youth. Come on, stretch your hands out to these. Come on, youth, lift your hands. Just cry out for this generation. Father, we just ask, God, that your hand would move, Lord, in this generation, Lord. We just pray, God, and we plead with you, God, bring them, Lord. Draw them in, Lord, we pray, God. Lord, even as we see the hurt, Lord, and the pain, God, in this world, Lord, we desire, Lord, to be people, Lord, who display who you are, God. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to serve you with our whole hearts, God. Lord, not just to be people who come into this house, Lord, just for just for friends or just for a girl or just for a guy or just because there's nothing else to do. Lord, but may it be training, God, that when we go out there, Lord, we would see people set on fire for you. We would see people come to know you. Lord, I pray, God, that our hearts would burn with a passion. Lord, that we would not view people, Lord, as a means to an end. Lord, but I pray, God, that you would put compassion in our hearts, Lord, that we would desire to see our friends, Lord, save for you, Lord, our family. God, that it is that is in a testing time, I pray, God, that you would give us wisdom to speak to them. Lord, that there would be a turnaround in this community, Lord, that the, the suicide would be broken off, drug addiction be broken off in the name of Jesus. And we just pray that deliverance would come to this valley. Lord, that freedom would come to this valley. I pray, God, that you would release this generation, Lord, from the ties that have held them for so long, the generational strongholds, Lord, are holding back this generation. Break it off in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Reach your hands out, north, south, east, and west. Let's pray for a harvest. Father, we pray tonight for a harvest of souls to be saved. God, we're asking that you would reach across the muck and the miry clay. God, that you would deliver those who are bound and bruised. Lord, that you would set captives free. God, even this year, Lord, in 2012, let it be a year of favor. Let it be a year of breakthrough. The brokenhearted heal. Lord, we intercede for our family. Come on, pray for your family. I will tell you that there is recorded in heaven at times like Spend time in His presence, praying and interceding. Come on, prayers are eternal. Pray for your family to be saved. Pastor Karen, come on. Come on, intercede and pray for your family to be saved. Call them out by Lord, we lift up our families to you. and We're asking, God, your word says that you're the one that draws, you're the one that enables people to come to you. And we're asking, Father, enable our families.
Give us the plan that we need to bring forth your glory, Father God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many of you want a home in 2012? Great, come on, lift your hand. Father, I just believe there's a house-releasing anointing right now. <laughs> Lord, release homes to us. Not over our means, Lord. Good stewardship. Release houses. Houses, release homes to us. Houses that we didn't build, vineyards that we didn't plant. In the name of Jesus. God's going to give you your own house, Minister Alex. God's given me my own house. God's giving you your own house. Where's your wife? Where's Chanel? Where are you at? Oh, there you are. You ready? Ready to have your own house? All right. Come on. Come on, Father, we say thank you. Just say thank you for, for, the, for your own home. Thank you for our own home. Great time to buy, people. It's a great time to buy. The market will rally. It's going to come back up. Then the bottom will probably fall out and Jesus will come back. But it's going to come back up at least one more time. <laughs> yeah, it's a great time to buy right now. Father, give us our own homes. Remove every obstacle. Prosper your people, even as their soul prospers. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory, come down. Shekinah glory, come down. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory. Standing in your presence, here we are. Standing in your presence, Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. Here we are. Standing in your presence, here we are. Standing in your presence, Shekinah glory come down. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, just pray right now. Just lift your voice. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Shake it today. 
We pray for it tonight. God, you'd cover them. We look to you, the author and the perfecter. And we say, Maranatha, which means, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Would you say that with me? Say, Maranatha. 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 That's not a candy bar. <laughs> it's a Greek saying that says, even so, come. Return, come. Come for your bride. Come for your church. Come on, say it one more time. One, two, three. Fair enough. Fair enough. Amen. God bless you.